Hey, hey, everybody. Before we start this week's episode, Speed, I just have a little warning about the recording. Um, the quality isn't that good. Um, there are times that it gets really choppy, and I don't really know why. And I did my best to edit it out, but you'll see. And uh, also, the levels aren't really good either. Uh, Craig's really quiet. I apologize for that. And I'm screaming loud, even louder than usual. So again, I apologize, but enjoy. I think it's very good in spite of its flaws. Don't worry, I have a plan. I saw this in a movie about a bus that had to speed around the city, keeping its speed over 50. And if its speed dropped, it would explode. I think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to I Want You to Watch This. I am your host, Dennis, and as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Colin and Craig. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dennis. All right. And Craig, what's up? Fantastic. Oh. That's what's up. That's what's up. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic is that. Bye, bye, or bye, bye, bye. Fantastic. Or... Whatever it is, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this week is part three of our nostalgia block. It's Speed. This is Colin's childhood pick. Um, it's pretty fucking awesome. So I'm going to pass it off to him for the synopsis and the introduction of this movie. All right. So uh, Speed is a movie from the year 1994. It is directed by Jan de Bont, who I will talk about later. Uh, but for right now, let's get into what this movie is. Uh, Speed opens on downtown Los Angeles in an office building. A bunch of people are getting into an elevator. Uh, Dennis Hopper has rigged the cables of that elevator with explosives, and he detonates those, sending the elevator plummeting. The elevator gets caught by its emergency brake, which is also rigged with explosives. Um, Jeff Daniels and Keanu Reeves are SWAT team bomb squad officers for the LAPD. They are sent to respond to the scene. Uh, Dennis Hopper has demanded $3.7 million for the release of the hostages. Uh, Keanu and Jeff Daniels manage to rescue the hostages from the elevator, but Keanu realizes that the bomber has to be in the building. They find him in a freight elevator, where he manages to take Jeff Daniels hostage because uh, he is wearing a bomb vest that will explode if he releases a trigger that he is holding. Keanu shoots Jeff Daniels in the legs so that he can no longer be used as an effective hostage, and as Des Dennis Hopper is trying to escape, the bomb goes off, leading the police to believe that he is dead. Keanu and Jeff Daniels are given medals and they go to a bar to celebrate. The next day, Keanu Reeves is on the street when a bus explodes and the payphone near him rings. On the phone is Dennis Hopper explaining to Keanu Reeves that he has ruined a plan that he had been working on for years and that there is now a bomb on another bus. And once that bus reaches 50 miles an hour, the bomb will be armed. If the bus drops below 50 miles, miles an hour, that bomb will explode. The bus will also explode if passengers are removed from the bus. Hopper demands $3.7 million by 11 a.m. or the bomb will explode. Keanu Reeves races off to catch up with the bus, but he cannot reach it before the bomb is armed, so he has to jump onto the bus from a moving car. Before he can explain the situation, there is an altercation with a man who has a gun and the driver is shot, leading to Sandra Bullock having to drive the bus. Keanu Reeves then explains to the passengers that there is a bomb on the bus, when Keanu Reeves gets a chance to examine the bomb, he relates to Jeff Daniels that part of the timer is a cheap gold watch. This leads Jeff Daniels to believe that the bomber is a retired police officer. The bus has to get off of the freeway because of traffic, and they are on city streets for a brief while before they are redirected onto the unfinished 105 freeway. The police pull up with a flatbed truck trying to get the passengers off of the bus, but Keanu Reeves says they can't because of news 
because of news helicopters that are covering the event that the bomber will be able to see. Keanu Reeves convinces Dennis Hopper to allow the wounded bus driver off of the bus, but as he is being unloaded, a woman tries to get off, a small explosion goes off, and she is pulled underneath the bus and killed. When we discover that... We then discover that the freeway has a 50-foot gap up ahead. The bus jumps over this gap. After the jump, the bus heads to the airport where they can circle the runways. Keanu convinces Dennis Hopper to let him off of the bus. He then proceeds to go underneath the bus on a dolly to try to disarm the bomb. He is unsuccessful, and when he is trying to get back onto the bus uh, through an access panel, he punctures the gas tank. Meanwhile, Jeff Daniels has learned who Dennis Hopper is, and they go ahead to apprehend him at his home, but they are killed by a bomb that was in place there. Dennis Hopper calls Keanu with instructions on how to drop off the money. Keanu Reeves is lost on what to do until he notices that Sandra Bullock is wearing a sweatshirt for the University of Arizona Wildcats. Dennis Hopper had previously referred to her as a wildcat, and Keanu Reeves realizes that Hopper must have a video feed on the bus, but has no audio. This allows the police to start feeding through a looped video so that they can unload the bus without Dennis Hopper realizing. Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock escape the bus sliding on an access panel. The police now try to catch Dennis Hopper with snipers on the drop point and a paint bomb in the money. Uh, Hopper puts on a police uniform and kidnaps Sandra Bullock and gets the money through a hole that is in the ground underneath the trash can where the money was dropped. Uh, when Keanu Reeves pursues Dennis Hopper down this hole, he finds that Sandra Bullock is being held hostage with a bomb vest, just like in the beginning of the movie, only now Sandra Bullock is wearing the bomb vest instead of Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper handcuffs Sandra Bullock to a handrail in a subway car. Uh, Keanu Reeves fights Dennis Hopper on top of that subway car, eventually killing him by holding his head up into an oncoming light while holding on to the bomb trigger so that Sandra Bullock will not be killed. At this point, Keanu Reeves has to try and save Sandra Bullock, but he has no handcuff key with which to free her, and the train has been rendered inoperable by Dennis Hopper shooting the driver of the train. So the train crashes through the streets of Los Angeles and lands right in front of the Man's Chinese Theater. Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves start making out into the sunset and credits. <laughs> I was hoping that the movie would just end with him cranking up the speed on the subway and like some rock and roll music starts playing and then <laughs> yeah and then it just ends where it's just like the speed continues uh, <laughs> oh god so uh, right off the bat I just kind of want to get what you guys' initial opinions of, of wait, wait, speed I'm sorry but these costumes are distracting me so bad <laughs> okay Hey listeners, sorry for the interruption, but the recording screwed up here where I say Craig is dressed as a full-size city bus. Alright, back to the show. I don't know how he keeps pulling off these amazing costumes of set design, but... I'm also constantly running around the room at 50 miles an hour. Right, you, you because are. Because I have and... actually taken the dedication to strap a bomb to myself. Oh, wow! Yeah, I know. So, you guys, if, if there's anything weird going on or you hear some weird sounds, it's probably just me running around the room at 50 miles so, an hour. So you can't slow down? I cannot. I <laughs> cannot. <laughs> and there's like just like little figurines of all the characters like in the bus. It's it's just you immaculate. Have, you have working lights and everything. It's just amazing. I know. Uh, and, wow, Cullen. 
I was not expecting you to come as the man whose car was commandeered by Keanu Reeves in this movie. <laughs> well, yes. You know, I, 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 I was trying to pick a wig. I was leaning towards Sandra Bullock. Uh, and I, I thought maybe I'll do Jeff Daniels. But then I thought the best hair in this movie is, is this stereotypical character. And, you know, that's, that's the hair I've got to represent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, dreadlocks and all. It's but but that, that's nothing in, com uh, in comparison to Dennis, who once again is just morphing his body... For these movies, I mean, you've done a full-on prosthetic work on your hand to be missing a thumb, just like Dennis Hopper. Unrecognizable. I mean, your, your Dennis Hopper costume is is just immaculate. Well, I, I figured, you know, we share a first name, so who better to represent? Right. You know, and yeah. and I gotta admit, guys, after you know my stint uh, with getting tits for our last movie, uh, I'm just addicted to plastic surgery, and I think there's just no going back. Okay, but uh, so so, gentlemen, tell me what you thought of uh, this movie that I was kind of obsessed with when I was a kid. I fucking love this movie so much. <laughs> Holy shit! This is such a home run to me. I no, love yeah, this movie. This, it was fantastic. Um, even in spite of Sandra Bullock, yes, I felt like even <laughs> in spite of Sandra Bullock in this I, movie, it terrible. was amazing. I, I'm so glad to hear you guys say this because, like, I again, I haven't seen this in so many years, but I was amazed at how well this movie holds up. It's great. It's it is a just absolute thrill ride. It's great. This movie does not let up. What well, was funny it's, because, like, even as he's driving to catch up to the bus, like that action sequence of the car chase, I was still. Knowing what was going to happen, still like, oh yeah, he's gonna get there before the bus goes over fifty. Oh, I know. Like, it still felt like that tension. Of I like, know. He's got to get there. He's got to get there. Oh, and, and, I know it's and, not gonna happen because the rest of this movie needs to happen. Right. But it's still that tension of the moment held. But as really an well. action movie in the nineties, it's not like relying on the shoot 'em up stuff that was happening so much then. It's just this absolute masterpiece of just building and, and lamenting throughout the whole thing. It really is so well done. And what's crazy is that. Um, this movie was a huge hit, obviously, because right. we're all sitting here talking about how much we loved it and like how good it is. This movie had a budget of thirty million dollars. This movie made two hundred and eighty-three million dollars in its worldwide gross. Um, and off of this movie, Jan de Bont was able to make one of the worst action movies of all time. Oh, he missed uh, the mark. Speed to cruise two. control. I mean, it's <laughs> it is borderline unwatchable. It's insane it's, how how he he hits such a home run with this. It's an action movie about traffic. Like, it is. It's about traffic. Yeah. And that's boring. And he somehow <laughs> nails it. I mean, it is a thrill ride. And it's what? From how old is this movie? It's almost 20 years now. Yeah. It's no, it's over, it's over 20 years old. It's 23 years, years, years old. 1994. Um, I also like how you said, despite Sandra Bullock, because from all reports I hear for Sandra Bullock is like a really great person. She's like really down to earth, a really nice lady, and all that. I just cannot stand her as an actress. Oh, I can't stand uh, like her at I, all. It's almost unreasonable how much I can't stand Sandra Bullock. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. No, yeah, the brevity of her lines in this movie was probably one of the more forgiving things. Oh. Like, the fact that it was kind of like, Keanu would say one thing and then she'd respond and that was kind of the end of it. Right. And then back to the tension of the chase. Right. Or, well, not even the chase, the... But if, just the tension of the situation. Yeah, yeah. if <laughs> I had to deal with any more of her character, I would probably like this movie less. Which is yeah. part of what makes Speed 2 so bad is that Speed 2 doesn't have Keanu Reeves. It doesn't have the other characters on the bus. Speed 2 is just trying to ride on Sandra Bullock and it really falls apart. Hey, 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 hey. 
commandeered car guy was in Speed Two, too. You guys. Oh, is he the the photographer? <laughs> no, he's he's the guy who uh, essentially gets the boat commandeered for him. Him, he's like driving the boat in uh, in Speed Two. He's the same part. Yeah, that gets and the, he's the his, same a character. A vehicle commandeered from him. Yes, no, he is. Yeah, he is listed in Wikipedia <laughs> as the same character. Like he, is oh my god, as the same character. But in Speed Two, he gets the boat taken away from him. Does he? Does he beg and to explain that I own this? I didn't steal it. <laughs> yeah. uh, while we're talking about that character, one of the little things I caught uh, watching this movie the second time was um, he has a vanity plate on his car that says "Tune Man." Oh god, so he. <laughs> He's in the music business. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, because black people can't be successful unless they're in entertainment. <laughs> well, apparently he beca- apparently he fails at that and becomes a boat driver. <laughs> that's what he does in Speed Two. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so um, another interesting thing is that this movie really cemented Keanu Reeves as an action star because he had only done one action movie before this. He had done Point Break, mm-hmm. but. Um, this is the movie this was like just such an enormous hit and like really solidified Keanu Reeves in this niche to where now he's in The Matrix and he's John Wick and all these other things that uh, Keanu like opened up a whole new realm for him. Oh yeah and and he nails the part he really does I kind of am forced to take back some comments that I've made I mean not on this podcast but just in general about Keanu Reeves acting where he's not as wooden as he is in a lot of the roles he plays. In this movie, he's lively, he's got, you know, character, he's got depth, which is something... He's got some real reactions, like, at at the end of the movie when he's, like, kind of losing and he's, like, out of options and he's convinced they're all gonna die, he has, like, a really good freak-out moment, where he's, like, scaring everyone on the bus, and, like, it, it really works. Um, while we're talking about like great performances in this movie, Dennis Hopper is amazing. Oh my god! In this movie, oh my god! Like another another example of an actor who's above a movie, you know, because we're just coming from D- Death Becomes Her, which is just three stellar actors and actresses on top of their game, and they're doing a movie that's that they're that they're technically above. Dennis Hopper is above speed in this movie. He's an amazing actor, and he doesn't phone in any of it. He just oh, he's committing a hundred percent, and he's just knocking it out of the park. There was just like one little detail. I don't know if this is him or if this is Jan de Bont. It's kind of unnecessary, but because he's missing a thumb on one hand when he's talking to Keanu Reeves on the phone, they show him like reaching his arm like across his chest right. to hold the phone like on the other. Like he doesn't need to do that. He could hold the phone to his left ear and talk just as effectively into it. Yeah. But it's a cool physical thing to show us like the effects of his deformity. Right, and and even how he talks, you know, is very. Um... It's just it's a it's character choice I felt you know where he's just writing him about uh because he he overhears uh Jeff Daniels say pop quiz you know and so that that becomes like the interaction between between uh, Dennis Hopper's character and Keanu Reeves' character where he keeps on saying pop quiz hot shot you know and it's it, it, he really does a great job at being a psychopath. So can I give one uh, Dennis Hopper moment that I really did enjoy uh, and it's when he's holding Harry. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. So when. So when Dennis Hopper is holding Jeff Daniels hostage, I love the moment when he says, uh, see, I'm in charge here. You know, I drop the stick and you pick up your friend all over the place. They pick up your friend and, with a uh, sponge. Yeah, and uh, Jeff Daniels says, fuck you. And he says, oh, in 200 years, we've gone from I regret, but I have one life to live or to give for my country to fuck you. <laughs> I just like love that like line and that delivery of it. <laughs> Another thing I love in that sequence, um, 
Jeff Daniels is on the ground because he just jumped into the elevator, and Dennis Hopper is picking him up. Like, he's like, get up, get on your feet. And he picks him up by the nostrils. Like, oh, he sticks yeah. his fingers, like, into Jeff Daniels' nostrils, and he's, like, standing him up, like, pulling on his nose. It's so visceral. It's, like, one of those things that I remembered, actually, from my childhood. It was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. He picks him up by the nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right off the bat with this movie, with the opening credits and the overture, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember how fun this is. Immediately had me grabbing from my SNES, my Tamagotchi, and Pogs. Slap on some acid wash jeans and in for a 90s good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this this is... movie is super 90s. Oh, it's oh yeah. super 90s. But not yeah. in an annoying way. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, it, was, it's so, it was like, it's the best of what the 90s uh, was in movies. It is this movie. Like, it's great. And, and it does. Um, I, Fuck, I forgot to write down the example that I was thinking of when I wrote down this note, but it does a great job of uh, show no tell uh, yeah. with the hostages. That's what it was. I think it was the hostages where... Um... So, I don't know, are you talking about when the one tries to escape, or...? No, it was just they didn't have to explain, like, why he was, you know... They, they, they showed that there was a hostage situation, and then they didn't have to, like, have someone explain, like... It's a hostage situation, you know. They just had that's what it was. It was they just had the NY or the LA police department there on scene. And Are you was, talking about the elevator or the at bus? the very beginning, yeah, yeah. At the elevator. You know, yeah. they don't they don't do this whole thing where it's like calling in the NY or the I keep on wanting to say New York Police Department, the LAPD. They just are on scene, you yeah. Know? yeah. And it's a great example of show no tell. I think piggybacking off of show don't tell, this might come from. Yon de Bont, because Yon de Bont, this is the first movie he directed. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Previously to this, Yon de Bont was a very successful cinematographer. Uh, amongst other things, Yon de Bont was the cinematographer for Die Hard and The Hunt for Red October. Oh, okay. And so, um, he, this is the first movie he directs. Uh, then in 96, he does Twister. In 97, he does uh, Speed 2. But... Uh, you can tell like he's really good at like visual language and that's from his background he knows how to shoot action sequences right right and that's just why this movie is so good unless they happen on a boat that right yeah. <laughs> then, oh, it's so crazy the contrast no oh, it's like, insane because <laughs> this movie is so great and that one is so terrible that I cannot believe the same guy did it. Yeah, Speed actually has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Speed 2 has a 3% on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. <laughs> that is very appropriate. Um, ooh, uh, I love the shoot the hostage. Yeah, that was one of the things I wrote down. Is Because they're doing this... Um, that's how he gets out of the situation, but it's from a conversation they're having previously where they're... Um, like quizzing each other of what to do in this situation, what to do in that Scenario. situation. So, like, <laughs> Gunman has a hostage in an airport and he's about to get on a plane. You're a hundred feet away. What do you do? And Kinder says, shoot the hostage. Like, get a good clean wound. He can't use the hostage anymore. And Jeff Daniels, you're, you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but then they're going, this is one of the fun little comedic things is they say, we got to do something about these hostages. And he starts going up to get the crane that they're going to hook onto the elevator. And Jeff Daniels goes, we're not going to shoot him, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and, and then, then even when he when when he gets taken hostage, Jeff, uh, yeah, Jeff Daniels says, he asked to hostage. shoot. Yeah, he says, yeah, shoot me. And then afterwards, he's like, you shot me. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, when they're, when they're getting in the middle, it's like, you shot me. I can't believe you shot me. Harry, 
You asked me to. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I have a big ass note right here that just says, This movie is fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's it, it's hard to like put into to put into words or to really describe what's so cool about it or what's so fun about it. Oh, I'll 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 tell it's you what. It's propulsive. Here's a great example of what makes this movie fucking rock and roll, especially with the villain Dennis Hopper. It's when um they're doing the whole award ceremony uh, towards the beginning of the movie and Dennis Hopper, it cuts to Dennis Hopper in his house or wherever the fuck he is and he's watching it and he's watching it on TV and he, and he starts to clap and he goes, way to go, Jack, way to go. And instead of like continuing that scene, it cuts, it just cuts away from that. So it gives you this little inkling and this little insight into the madness of, of Dennis Hopper's character. I, I just love it, that, it, it nailed handles- it perfectly. The, the villain role so well it's just they make him like really menacing and like really crazy and stuff without going over the top and doing it in a really clever and and believable way yeah when and almost he, stylized like, you know even his motivations make sense when he like was had his hand blown off working in the bomb squad and he's bitter about that and now he wants all he got retrib- was his fucking watch yeah he got a, he, all he gets is a shitty gold watch and he just wants retribution he wants like the money that's due to him right Oh, this was an interesting line. Uh, so Sandra Bullock's character's name is Annie, and she gets on the bus, and it's you know, on the bus that's armed with a bomb, and uh, Keanu Reeves is like running after the bus to try to get on it to warn them to not go above 50 miles an hour. And uh, Annie says to the bus driver, don't let this maniac on the bus or something like that. It doesn't matter because... <laughs> What pointed out, what was really clear to me was the response by the bus driver didn't make any sense. Which he says, don't spit on my bus, Annie. <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell does wh- that what? mean? <laughs> it was I like mean, the bit, it was just it was just a line to be said. I mean, I know like with warning labels, they usually don't happen unless someone's done it before, so... Yeah. I well, guess, but... <laughs> that's one of my favorite things of on the, the train here, like on the light rail. It says, like, no gambling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was gambling on a bus or on the train? Yeah. Oh, like I rolled a dice. Had to make that sign. Yeah. yeah. But enough times, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. Don't spit on my bus, Annie. Like what? Also, I do one moment, standout moment for Sandra Bullock in this movie that I was like, oh, that's actually clever, and I might have to use that sometime. Is when uh, someone's bothering her, like behind her on the seat on the bus. Oh, and yeah. She like pulls out the gum she's chewing, like sticks it to her finger, and then, like pulls it up, and she's like, "There's gum on my seat, gum!" And I'm like, the delivery of the line was like horrible, but I was like, "Oh, that's a great idea." Oh, you mean well, to Cameron Fry? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, that's what I was about to say. The guy who's bothering her is Alan Ruck. Yeah. Um, and Alan Ruck is kind of our comedic relief in this movie. Yes. And he's awesome at it. He um, is awesome. The, he looks so much like Edward Norton in this movie. Yes! There's, <laughs> there's like, first of all, he's a tourist who's in L.A. For some reason, this tourist is deciding to go sightseeing on a bus. Yeah. He's taking, like, L.A. City buses to go see the city. Um, Early in the morning, by himself. Because, what, it's like 8 a.m. when Keanu Reeves gets the phone call from Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Like, but it's weird. There's a great scene where Keanu Reeves is on the phone with uh, Jeff Daniels, and he's trying to describe to him the bomb, and he hands the phone to Alan Ruck, saying, describe to him what I'm seeing. And he starts describing the bomb, and then Keanu Reeves goes, fuck me! <laughs> and Alan Ruck translates that to just like, oh darn. Yeah. yeah. But, but he puts this great pause where he's just trying to say, oh, I can't say that. He's just... Oh darn! <laughs> I love too when they're like first going and they're like 
driving into the airport and he's like, the airport? I've already seen this. Yes. <laughs> That's a great line where it's like, like where uh, are we going? We're to the airport. Oh, I've already seen this. Like, I think he's disappointed in his like, hostage situation yeah. that he's stuck in. Damn it, if I was going to be a hostage, I could have uh, at least seen some more entertaining places in the city. This, <laughs> this goes into, uh, well, this is just the note that I have about this, is that this movie is its supporting characters, and they kill it. It's an ensemble movie, and it's great, you know? Uh, I love uh, when Keanu Reeves turns to the big guy, and he just calls him Gigantor. Gigantor. <laughs> yeah, the character who is Ortiz. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I, just real quick, I just have this note that's uh, the bus driver gets shot, and then this movie goes to 10,000. <laughs> like, yeah. It just cranks it up so fucking well, fast. Well, the movie keeps cranking it up. That's the whole thing. Like, every time you kind of get accustomed to what's happening and you get accustomed to the given circumstances, they find a way to crank it up. It's like the thing of the bus driver gets shot or oh now we're losing gas or yeah. there's just they always find a way to heighten it right or like at the end it's like i can't stop this subway train now you know more speed yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the subway portion which it goes 700 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. wrong movie <laughs> but actually relating to that um <laughs> we keep bringing up how did this get made on this podcast because we also watch those movies and we just watched Highlander to the Quickening. Um, <laughs> Highlander to the Quickening came out in 1992. This movie came out in 1994. These movies had the same budget. Oh my wow. god! Yes, both of these wow. movies cost 30 million dollars, and that's mind blowing. That is mind blowing. That is very mind blowing. It's mind blowing to think that Highlander 2 came out in 1992. When it could have easily come out in 1982, you know? <laughs> yes. When it probably should have. Um, also it shouldn't have come out at all, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's there, be honest. There, <laughs> there can only be one. Um, you were talking about the train sequence. To me, that is one of my few problems with this movie. Agreed. I, I think it's unnecessary. I think um, the movie really should have ended once they get off the bus. There should be like a brief thing of them resolving catching Dennis Hopper or something. We don't need to keep going for another half hour. I agree. Um, but it's it's still good, and it's a good sequence. It's just, uh, yeah, we don't need it. Right, that, that's why I felt like it would have been great when he's like, oh, I'm going to crank up the speed on this train to jump the tracks. Like, it should have just been him cranking up the speed and just, like, deadpan, just staring the camera in the barrel and, like, yeah! <laughs> and then credits, where it's just like, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. You know? It would have been, you know, way more campy, but... Uh, well, I mean, the only reason why it even goes any further is because Sandra Bullock manages to get herself caught. And, I mean, I know it's written into the movie, but it's just like... Just stay on the ambulance. Like, yeah, why would you leave the ambulance? Yeah, stay on the fucking ambulance. <laughs> why would you have left the ambulance? Yeah, and then it's just like, why would you get off the ambulance? Why would you think that, like... Some random police officer who you haven't seen at all in this entire time. Who's missing a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've heard hostage situations said to you, and you just got out of one for, like, the past eight hours. Yeah. And you know? And, and so... No, oh. no it's, it's only, like, three hours. Because he... Oh, um, my God. He gets the phone call at 8 a.m. Right. The deadline is 11 a.m. Right. And... It's he's demanding the money like right there. So the movie takes place over the course of about four or five hours. Wow. <laughs> well, lot. not really. For, there's the beginning sequence, which is the previous. 
I don't know if it's the previous day because there's the whole medal ceremony in between. No, but it's... I'm, I'm pretty sure that happens, like, a year before the, like... Yeah, like, the the, so there's a beginning thing. sequence that happens in the past, but then the main uh, crust of the movie, the whole thing from the explosion of the first bus to the end of the movie takes place over the course of about four hours. Oh, okay. 8 to 11 a.m. <laughs> I, I love the, uh, the last line of the movie where... Jack repeats back the line that Sandra Bullock says earlier I have to warn you I've heard relationships based on intense experiences never work and she says okay we'll have to base it on sex then and then he says whatever you say ma'am and I'm like wow the sex must have been really bad because they are not together in the second movie together, <laughs> well they in How Did This Get Made they reference that thing about like oh this relationship will never work because it's based on extreme circumstances and then yeah beginning of Speed 2 they're not together anymore but <laughs> she gets together with another renegade cop in Speed 2 on the same squad that Keanu Reeves' character worked on yeah but I love that Keanu Reeves is that um, kind of trope or archetype of the renegade like loose cannon daredevil cop and he's dealing with Joe Morton, who's his captain, who's awesome in this movie as well. And Joe Morton just has like these like really cliched lines that you don't even care that they're cliched. He says, "There's no time for any stunts, Trevin." <laughs> when they're oh, trying to get the great. passengers off of the off yeah. of the bus, it's so cool. But it's but it's so much the thing of like, the commissioner's on my ass. Right. Like, but it you don't care because the movie's so awesome. Oh no, because it, it's it's formulaic and it hits that formula perfectly. That guy plays the perfect cop boss, you know? Yeah. He's just the perfect cop boss outside of a, a What's-His-Nuts in The Wire. That's a totally different piece. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about The Wire <laughs> yeah, let's now. talk about The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, I love this. Harry, uh, played by Jeff Daniels, is the bomb expert. The entire movie, he's talking about, like, guessing the next move of this maniac and like ooh, what is he gonna use and they fall in love with the bomb type but this guy's all over the place and he's just constantly trying to predict what a maniac bomb guy is gonna be doing next and so what does he do he walks into the most obvious movie <laughs> yes ever <laughs> i was like seriously as soon as that scene opened i was like they're really they're really they're really gonna he's, do that he's giving you a bread a breadcrumb trail to say here's who i am Come get me. Right. And then you walk into the most obvious trap. It's so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, the second they opened that door, no one was in there. They should be like, okay, guys. Okay. Let's send in a bomb unit to, like, fucking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Case this place. Or let's send in a bomb unit first because yeah. we're dealing with the guy that, like. We know to be a bomber? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. Like, yeah, the, like the most. Right. Like, the most, like. <laughs> sophisticated bomber Jeff Daniels has ever dealt with right. in his career on the police force and on the bomb squad and yeah he just walks right into that right. house takes and, a peek around and then finally like sees the beep and is like oh shit right. <laughs> it's insanity because uh, throughout the entire movie Jeff Daniels character is just talking about how smart he is with bombs and stuff and so it, well it's because uh, you can't have uh you can't have the character be motivated to really do something important unless someone important dies. Right. Like, unless someone that's important to them dies. That's the only way you can get that character to have that final push right. of motivation or that last epiphany yeah. is, like, and to have was, someone close to them He was die. John Wick's dog. He was, you know, the love interest that dies. He was, 
It was all of those things. The really yeah. ugly character. So the ugly character. Yeah, the Down syndrome kid. Yeah. <laughs> just someone to give you motivation. Um, while we're talking. Jeff Daniels, Down syndrome kid. Hashtag that guy. <laughs> Doesn't survive yeah. Act 3. Yeah. While we're talking about Jeff Daniels, I just want to say I love his drunk acting at the bar. Oh, God. When he's just like, you know, we got lucky this time, but, you know, we could have been killed and you're so, you don't think about things. And then he's like, I'm going to go home and have some sex. <laughs> yeah, Harry, you're going to go home and puke. <laughs> well, that'll be fun, too. That'll be fun, too. That'll be fun, too. And then the next morning when all this is going on, he's not only, like, has a bullet wound in his leg, but he's also got a massive hangover. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's got this bullet wound in his leg, and he's, like, limping throughout the movie, but then when he goes on the raid to the obvious trap... No limp. No limp. Nope. His, his leg is just he's magically fine. fine. Yeah. The, if, you know, where he's obviously working a desk job now because of said wound. First dude at the door to go fucking get himself killed by a guy in, a, you know, in an obvious booby trap. In an obvious trap. Yeah. Oh, I also love uh, the hostages, and they're talking... Uh, one of them says, uh, are they going to help us? And then the other guy says, that sure they are, they're the police. Hey, your taxes are paying their salary. We die, they gotta take a pay cut. That's I'm another... Like, I don't think that's how that logic works, but... That, that is another <laughs> wonderful piece of comedy from Alan Ruck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, alright, that intro's uh, something that I really want to talk about. Uh, this movie is less racist than most of the movies that have come out in the past decade. Did you notice that? Like... There's yeah, a I lot mean, of characters. have a, a, a mix of lots of different ethnicities on the bus. And, and all... none of that matters, you know? Yeah. It's not, it, you know, yeah, like, the guy with the gun on the bus is, you know, he's, he's Latino, yeah. but, like, it's that it's not about that, you know? Because, you know, Ortiz is also Latino, and he helps out, you know? And, and the, it didn't feel like it was like, hey! <laughs> and, and the guy who, like, with the gun isn't, like, a, a villain or, like, a... A cholo or anything. He's, no, he's just panicking, and when they're jumping over the uh, gap in the freeway, and Keanu unlocks him, he's like, "I didn't mean to shoot the guy." Like he's really remorseful. Right. And a lot of these characters are actually kind of developed without giving them a lot of screen time or giving them a lot of explanation. They they manage to develop these characters pretty well. Yeah and, yeah, and even the guy that his car gets commandeered and says, I didn't steal it, you know, and... Yeah, it, it, he, he, he's like the most racist character in the is, movie, but he's still but that role could have been played by a white guy or, you know, yeah. a Latino guy. It, it, his race didn't matter. It wasn't this, like, joke on his race or, you know... It, it was really surprising to me. I mean, I made a note about it because it was just... Yeah, I've seen a lot of movies lately, and they were way more racist than this one that came out 23 years ago. What's up with that, America? Well, I already got, I've already i got a theory about like race in the 90s. That's a whole long thing that we could have a whole other episode about. But oh. it was kind of like the like Rainbow Coalition time where, you know, as it, at times it was definitely cringeworthy as far as we have to have one of everything like right. in all of our TV shows and all of our movies. And at times it worked really well, and at times it worked like in... They were just caricatures of whatever race they were supposed to be portraying. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't. It was it was a weird time because there was also a lot of, uh, you know, television that had prominent people of color starring on episodes that were airing right next to episodes that were you know like the entire cast was white. 
So it was it was just a weird, crazy time of the '90s where I feel like everything everyone was just trying to do everything because it was coming out of the '80s and the Rainbow Coalition. And right. It was kind of just that big like push of let's be all inclusive of everyone all the time. Well, we kind of <laughs> talked about it uh, before uh, me and you, Craig, uh, when we were talking about Sister Sister, that TV show, yeah. like mid '90s. You know, it was just a remake of Double Trouble. Sister, sister, <laughs> uh, never know how much I missed her. God, jingles. It's amazing. I miss oh, yeah. jingles. I miss jingles. We could have another episode of just jingles. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I got one more note um, that I'd like to talk about, and that's a. Uh, uh, I love how when they're at the airport, it, like they, I mean, dictated to by the authority to have this bus drive around an airport. They clear out this whole runway and everything to have this hostage situation play out where they can figure out how to get these hostages off this bus. You know, they're, so the cops are in complete control of the airport and stuff. When they finally get everyone off the bus and uh, they're like struggling to get Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock off the bus, they just let it g go. And they don't even clear out half the airport. It just goes into an airplane and yeah. blows up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, the plane was moving. Too. Yes. Yeah. No, it, but... was, it was being like uh, driven. But it was being like okay, pulled. Being towed. Okay. It was being towed by like a thing. And then the guy like is running away from like, oh shit. <laughs> there, there was no, don't worry guys, there wasn't any passengers on it because it said freight on the side of the plane. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah, I just said that was hilarious. It's like, why not clear out the entire airport? You have a fucking bomb bus. Um, I love how also like one of the very first lines in the movie, uh, spoken by Dennis Hopper, is like one of the most cliche lines in all of like film television history. After he like stabs the guy in the ear with a screwdriver, yeah, it's like, nothing guy. personal. And I'm like, that yeah. is just like, the way this movie is starting is like with one of the most cliche yep. lines of all time, and it still went up from there. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was so great. Um, there is one cool piece of comedy that actually comes from Sandra Bullock. It's not from uh, Alan Rack, but where Ortiz is like getting up in there because something crazy. It's when Keanu is going underneath the bus on the dolly to try and disarm the bomb, and she goes, hey, Get your ass behind the yellow line. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he does. Yeah, he looks down and like, oh, uh-oh. Which would have worked better for Bullock's character if they played more up on, like, her, like, bullyishness, I guess. Yeah. But in retrospect, that might have just made her even more annoying, you know. Yeah. Because that was really, like, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that does me for notes. I've got, like, uh, just one or two other things that were just, like, nitpicky problems that I had. Uh, I don't like the quip at the end. I think the quip is kind of weak. Uh, Dennis Hopper is like, I'm smarter than you, Jack. I'll always win because I'm smarter. And then he holds him up and he decapitates him and he says, yeah, but I'm taller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, That's what you came up with? You can't get, like, a, there's a million jokes you could do about, like, losing your head or, like, decapitating someone, but... I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's a nitpicky thing, but... Joss I'm, Whedon could have been on this script a little bit longer. <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk... I'll talk a little bit about this script and the evolution of it when I come to my recommendation. Uh, but that's... Uh, yeah, that kind of does me for this movie. It's it's just such a slam dunk of an action movie. It, it really works and it really holds up amazingly well. I can't agree more. I mean, I... I'll probably watch this again this year. I'm glad that I own it because I went to rent this for the podcast and it was like three ninety nine or four ninety nine to buy, and I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll own this movie. 
Yeah, no, totally. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it. It's great. I enjoyed it. I fully recommend it. Uh, Craig, you got anything else? Speedo. Ah, uh, the speedo. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go into recommendations, I just uh. <laughs> So this is something that How Did This Get Made does, where uh, they, they it's called Second Opinions, where they will go on to uh, the reviews on Amazon.com and then read some of their favorites, uh, five-star reviews. So I'm I'm not going to make this a regular thing on this podcast, because that's their thing, and and yeah, um, but I definitely pulled a couple that I really need to read, because they're just freaking amazing. Uh, okay, so this one... <laughs> Five out of five stars, titled Exciting Movie and Love Interest by Amazon Customer on April 30th, 2015. So this is fairly recent wow, when this like review was written. Yeah. Okay, this is a favorite movie of mine. I watched it previously and just watched it twice in the last few days. Well, as always, there are plot inconsistencies, but they do not detract from the pleasure of the movie. I love that pleasure, pleasure of the movie. Of the movie. <laughs> Dennis Hopper plays the bad guy who wants and believes he's entitled to $3.7 million in retirement pay. The movie is in three parts. First, Hopper is trying, threatening to kill a bunch of people on an elevator. Blackmail on Hopper's part is to get the $3.7 million. Kenu Reeves as Jack Travel and his partner to stop him and believe they have killed him. However, Hopper survives and next threatens to blow up a fully loaded bus in second phase. Back howls, Hopper was Jack T dead, and his money, there are two goals his time. The, the, the Gurgis Sandra Bullock transformed into the bus driver. Eventually, after many excitements, Hopper is stopped again. <laughs> Although the 3.7 million is paid. Reeves and Bullock are falling in love. The third phase is Reeves, Bullock, and Hopper on subway train. Reeves and Bullock survive a plane crash. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, saw, I think I saw a different cut of this movie. There was no, the, no plane crash in the one I, I saw. I think this person meant to write train. <laughs> And the ending is Reeves and Bullock getting all mushy, as Bullock says. I highly recommend the movie as anyone who likes bad guy providing a lot of action with a substantial love interest. <laughs> I, I just love reading things that are like obviously written in someone's second or yeah. third language. Uh, English is not my first language. English is definitely not this person's first Please language. Please bear with me. Alright, the second one, <laughs> uh, titled... I have no idea. It's titled Unimpeachable Action Film by Esther Fan. Esther Fan? Esther Fan. I just love that. Unimpeachable Action Film. I'd right. say that it is. It's an unimpeachable action movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, September 20th, 2016, so even more recent. Uh, this, there has never been a better executed action film than Speed. Jan de Bont could not reproduce its success in subsequent films. It carried the diehard torch into the 90s with a di different kind of action hero who was more into actually doing his job than wisecracking. Keanu's own objections had something to do with steering the hero away from the diehard mold, and Joss Whedon was called in as the script doctor. Keanu did a lot of his own action, and rapport between he and Sandra Bullock was excellent, as well as his reunion with Dennis Hopper. 
And most ladies would agree that in a long career of a most attractive actor, his appearance here sets a new benchmark for male hotness. <laughs> Dennis Hopper? I don't or know who Keanu she's Reeves. talking about that Either at that way, point. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Keanu's alright, but like he's not setting but the bar. He's nothing compared to that dreamboat Dennis, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> that large head of his. It's like mini driver's side. I love they said like reunion, like in the movie, like they were like long lost like police buddies who oh, yeah. found their way back to each other. I, I know. I, I just love how she says, there's never been a better executed action film than Speed. Like, such gusto. Like, number one fan. I am number one movie fan. <laughs> Alright, uh, so that wraps up Speed. I guess, recommendations? What's next? Yes. Um, recommendation. Recommendation. I have a recommendation that is a absolute perfect pairing for this podcast. Um, you should check out the podcast I Was There Too with Matt Gorley. Um, go to howl.fm for a modest fee. Hours of listening pleasure await you. But uh, check out I Was There Too. It is a podcast where Matt Gorley interviews people who had small roles in big movies. And the episode about speed is amazing. He talks to a bunch of different bus passengers. He talks about their experience on the movie, also about the really interesting development and changes of the script for this movie and how it changed throughout the shooting of it. I second that recommendation. Craig? I will recommend uh, first the novel American Gods by Neil Gaiman. It is a fantastic piece of, uh, I could call it modern mythology in terms of novels. Uh, essentially, it's about um, immigrants over like hundreds of years of America, you know, the origins of America, bringing their religious beliefs and the gods from their countries of origin to America, and how over time they like those beliefs have diminished, and so it's about the actual gods from all these different places oh, shit. who were brought to America like as part of this like melting pot. And so it's about these gods who are living in modern times, dealing with mostly being mostly forgotten. Um, and the show is coming to Showtime. There hasn't been a an official release date or a premiere date, but it will be premiering sometime during South by Southwest in March of this year. Dope. Something awesome. to look forward to. Yeah. I, I like Neil Gaiman quite a lot, so. Cuckoo. Uh, I will not normally recommend stuff as heavy as what I'm about to recommend, but uh, unique times we live in. Unique times. So I'm just going to vaguely recommend everyone uh, watch. Uh, there's an awesome documentary uh, group, Frontline. Frontline can be found on pbs.org. You can find all of their documentaries that they do uh, on pbs.org for free. And they cover amazing issues. I highly recommend Firestone and The Warlord as one of them, as well as the documentary they do on Putin. Uh, like I said, I'm not normally going to recommend heavy shit like that, but I just really can't recommend Frontline enough. So that's mine, and I think that does us uh, for all of our nostalgia block. That wraps yeah. us up. So we will be launching off into, um, it is Oscar season. So we will be doing the uh, we will be doing our choiciest of choiciest picks of the best picture nominations. So we will be starting with the one that currently shares the record for most nominations, which is fourteen nominations, and that is La La Land. 
It stars Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And do we have a director? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, we'll have more information when we do this episode. We will. <laughs> and it, the movie's amazing. Yeah, the movie, uh, yeah, it's from what I have heard from everyone, the uh, movie is fantastic. That wraps up this episode of I Want You to Watch This. I just have a few more announcements for our podcast before we go. Uh, you can find all of our episodes on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash IWITWT, as well as most podcast listening apps like iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the handle at want you to watch this with the letter U and the number two. Also, please join us on Facebook on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash IWOITWT. I'm kind of setting that up for where we talk about movies and you can put in recommendations for what movie you would like to for us to watch. And finally, please write us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It helps people find our little podcast and grow our audience. All right, that is all, and please join us next week for our Oscar movies, starting with La La Land. Thanks for listening. Bye!